that we can speak to that mountain. Welcome to Magic Camp Campers. Paul, what are you wearing this week for Fashion Week? I think I'll probably start off with um, a polar bear shirt. I'll follow that up with a wolf shirt and <laughs> a different um, animal shirt. Then when I run out of those, I'll probably switch over to um, a crew neck sweatshirt if it's, if it's uh, not too warm. I'll wear the same pair of boots that I've been wearing for the last eight months through the summer because I didn't have a good pair of summer shoes this year and sneakers basically gave myself permanent trench foot by wearing boots through the entire summer. Yuck. Um, I'm just kidding. They're actually quite breathable. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of leaning into a little bit more of a Western look lately. There's just something like, I think I'm the only one actually, in fact, who's yes. kind of got their, you know, their finger in the wind knowing that, you know, culture may be trending towards... You, you know, invented Western I, Western fits. Western wear, yeah. in fact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, nobody had done it before me. Um, so, yeah, I might, might pull out a Western shirt at some point. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't have everything laid out yet. I haven't set up my Pinterest board yet. So it, I'll do that tomorrow with my, you know, as I set my goals and my intentions for the week. Probably. And it's fashion week, so it's going to be, I'll be doing that all morning long. It's fashion week in New York, we should say. I think there's different fashion weeks for different cities. Oh, really? Our affiliation with New York is a little tentative, but <laughs> we're still celebrating over hey, here. Hey, not, speak for yourself. That's right. You were, well, I was born in the state of New York. True. And you, so technically you, you were, lived, you've lived in New York. In New York. <laughs> I was an unpaid intern in New York, so. You better, you better reckon to put some respect on my name. But you did, you lived in New York longer than I did, so I that so. I guess does technically make you more credible in fashion circles. That's right. So That's what are you? Who right. are you wearing? I okay. see. If I'm not okay, I happen to see two things from one legendary. <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sart- sartorial. Oh what? Uh, uh, person who makes clothes or a brand oh um i don't know what you call that i don't know i'm thinking of some like british charles dickens or haberdasher um don't they do hats haberdasher or that's a hatter maybe haberdasher i thought haberdashery was just kind of like the construction of garments but i could be totally wrong i don't know what do you call like the people on savile row like the guys who make suits Suit, um, <sighs> tailors. Well, tailor. No, 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 no. Well, tailors, tailors make fixed suits or they, they, they tailor suits. Sure. Yeah. You know, I don't think they make their, that would be a suit maker. It might be a haberdasher. <laughs> don't know. There's uh, other words there. Maybe there's synonyms. There are probably other words for that we don't know about. Uh, so what are you saying? You sense to, what are you saying? You're, you're in full LL Bean mode right now. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I'm in my, in my LL Bean jacket mm-hmm. that I just picked up from the thrift store that that, that is, is our personally dresses Paul and I. Yeah, they they buy for us at this point. We essentially have personal shoppers 
who work at this they're, they're like 24 year old girls who, who go to yeah. who go to like uh arapahoe community college and and yeah. buy clothes for the anderson brothers because we're like the main male customers at this this actually very cool consignment shop it's, it's slept on it's actually like there are a lot of people who go there. You go there and you see cool women shopping in there. Yeah. But there are never any men in there because they you'll, don't have much uh, well, of a occasionally, selection. Well, they have more than most places. More and, than most. But you'll occasionally see a boyfriend being dragged in there right. and them sort of like grouchily, you know, shuffling through the rack. And you're like, get out of my way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> get out. <laughs> get up or get out the way. Um. But, for, yeah, I guess I think these boots are from there, too. I'm wearing just a classic boot. We're both in a classic are, boot. Well, th- those are more classic. That's a Your, classic. Yours is a, um, almost like a, you know, like a rail worker's, you know, yeah, classic sure. foreman's boot. I guess I don't know what they're called, but. They have yeah, a vibrant a la- sole. A lace-up boot. A lace-up boot. They almost look like they could be a Red Wing, but they're not. Right. And these are quite heavy, so I don't wear them. Right. In the summer. Um, and I'm wearing some Levi's 501 jeans. I need a pair of those. And a t-shirt also from that consignment shop. Yep, so I'm, I'm head to toe Only loop. the pants, really, mm-hmm. um, are not, not from there, which is... Maybe they would sponsor us. Shout out. Be our first sponsor. Let's, let's, let's actually work on that. Yeah. Shout out to Loop. Loop Consignment, Littleton, Colorado. Yep. And I think they actually opened up a second store in the mountains somewhere. Cool. So I've heard. But aside from it being a good store, um, it also represents a crisis for myself, at least, of really not being able to buy clothes, not knowing where or how to buy clothes anymore other than from one single store at this point, Mm -hmm. or almost how to dress myself. I feel like I'm finding my way again, but there's a minute there. I mean, I have very little in my, uh, my dresser. Because I got rid of so much of it because of a general crisis of, I just don't know what, how to dress anymore. I don't think anybody does. Yeah. I don't think you're alone in that. I, I've talked about this with a few people. Um, I don't know if I could, I don't have enough of an understanding of how fashion works or how, you know, clothes culture is disseminated. But it's like anything right now in that it's completely fractured and just disseminated in every way you know so so there's there is not really any coherent fashion culture so to speak there's only that's why vintage is kind of the only thing right now it kind of is the only thing the only thing you can do is just buy old shit and piece it together right which is a there are enough clothes in the world we don't need anymore so it it should just do that. We should, we should not be probably making any more new clothes. If you think I went, about it. I went I, in an effort to figure out what's going on with clothes. I went to the mall and I walked around there for a couple hours and it is, if it is just train, like entire, uh, train cars full of clothes and clothes and clothes. Uh-huh. Most of which is all the same and not being bought by like, anybody. Just imagine a, a thousand pairs of, roughly marginally identical sweatpants and dick sporting goods Mm -hmm. and it's like i guess any of these are fine but i i don't know um i did it did help me i think the only way to kind of figure out if you do want to receive sort of 
uh, a lane to be in in terms of, okay, I'm going to take this option as my style. You have to be going to the malls. You have to be walking around and see the brands. These are the brands. And you pick which one am I? Am I more of like your PacSun skater guy? Am I going to be more preppy, whatever? That's what that's what brands are for, is to g- give you 12 options of slightly different type of guy you can right. be. And, and, and they, actually, maybe there's only three options. There's for, not for even men. 12 no, for men, at you're least. Right. And, and they're all wrong, is the thing. Yes. They're not... They don't make sense anymore. Correct. They they don't like. I couldn't. I couldn't just do. I couldn't be a Paxson dude. You know, know. it's just like. And I think probably most would be too false. Be too false to be just one thing anymore. Right. You know. Um. Not that there isn't. I I don't know. I I I just don't know, man. What I was. What I mean though is like, if you could go to go to the mall, and walk around and have a decent idea of some of the spectrum of options of what is out there in terms of like some sort of central idea of fashion that's coming out to the people. Right. Mm-hmm. But we, no one really does that anymore. I mean, I guess, yeah, you still do shop in person, but overall that idea is much more dead than it was For 10 sure. years ago. For sure. So it's already a, a weird sort of like, uh, you know, dead ritual of like, I'm going to a mall. This is weird. Mm-hmm. And it's something you don't do very much, if at all. But then the on like what was supposed to take its place, online shopping and retail, really doesn't replace that experience. It can't. It can't ever because right. you know. And this is a, I think, a check in the column of humanity is too big for the algorithm. It's too big for the internet. Our bodies are too variant and too complex to not have places to try shit on and look at yourself in a mirror and be like, I look weird in this (laughs) instead of you, you buy something online and it's takes three weeks to get to you. And then you put it on and this looks so stupid on me. I look terrible. Right. And then you have to go, I got to ship it back. Now I got to ship it back. And now I got to go to the UPS store and get the printout label and all that stuff. Get your act together. Go into the UPS store and just say, do I just hand this to you? Yeah. You're like, yep, you're good. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And then you just kind of (laughs) like do that like uh, John Travolta meme from Pulp Fiction where you kind of look around like, okay. Yep. Like, so I just leave now? Yep. Yeah. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, damn. I can't remember. Well, I think for what it's worth... The lack of options, I think, is it's a it's a impetus for creativity to some extent. Which, like, yep. if if you know if it were J. Crew or the Gap or whatever it is, and they were just churning out exactly like the ty- the same exact type of shirt that I was comfortable wearing and the pants, that's how you get stuck in a rut. That's how you get. That's how all of a sudden you, you look up after five years and like I have eight of the same shirt. <laughs> yeah. I have I have. This exact I've been buying this exact same pair of pants every year for for five years, and right. I think it's a I think it's kind of nice. It is kind of also a testament to the fact that like we don't really have to dress for anything anymore. You know, like the, right. that's also that's part, part of it, it is that like the cultural uh, imperative to like dress in a certain way for a certain function has diminished significantly. You know, thanks Zoom. 
Yeah. I, you know, I just wear my sweatpants most of the time, right? <laughs> if Sometimes any. even my undies. Yeah. If, the, if only they knew I was hanging brain down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that's the thing is, I mean, I had... No, that, that's that. Sorry to interrupt, but that's that's always like the the boss who makes a joke about like, I've been wearing sweatpants for the last five days. You know, that was something that would, when Zoom, like pandemic stuff first started, it's like, take that joke a step further. It's like, they're they're almost like... It's an awkward joke to make, you know, and it like is it's, it's like that perfect Zoom thing. It's like, this is too intimate. We should not be doing this. Yeah. We shouldn't be singing into each other's houses. And like, because you make this joke about your sweatpants, now I'm thinking about your freaking sweatpants and you're now my boss. I'm thinking about the outline of your dick. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, I don't want that. I can't stop thinking about it. Opportunity. <laughs> I don't, I don't need that in my life. No, it's a temptation. Definitely true. That's mm-hmm. definitely true. That's, I think, a joke that's mostly gone away. Right. Thank fortunately. God. Mm-hmm. But that is part of it. I mean, I had the whole, you know, section of Jake, Jake Crew stuff, and it's like, I don't need these button downs. A, I don't want them anymore. Yeah. I have no occasion for them anymore. Right. I, they're not right for a date night, for actually going out on the town. Mm-hmm. They're business casual. And it's like, so get rid of that. Well, if you don't have that as like a major leg of your personality anymore, it's like, shit, shit. what do I do? And I don't wear the stylish button down anymore. Who am I? Exactly. Yeah. But then you're caught in this middle place. Now, this is harder for me. Kind of. I can't play with irony as much being a suburban dad yeah. because an actual suburban average suburban dad is such a disgusting slob <laughs> that it's like I can't look. The, the, the irony's dead. They killed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. That actually looks like shit. I can't be ironically that because then uh, I'm just that. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> That's I've been I've been so tripped up by this lately because I'm like, yeah, I'm at the age where I can like I don't want to get up dressed to the nines and, and like try to impress anybody anymore. Right. Like there's no need for me. I want to just be comfortable and goofy. And it's like, well, shit, like that's one step away from like I'm wearing the same like Nike dry fit every day with like basketball shorts and flip flops. Yeah. And before you know it, you're just, you're just that guy. Exactly. Yeah. And listeners, I know Paul to you is, you know, smart and funny, but in real life, he's just total goofball. (laughs) Hey, guilty as charged, (laughs) but no, exactly. Um, and I think ultimately the way for myself at least is to try just, you know, dress right for the context, for context. Being out of I and I've, I've fucked up on this in the past. Uh-huh. I will admit, and I've been way off base with many things and overthought dressing a lot in the past. Sure, and, as, as and gotten as way, have. way you know off the mark. I think, as and, we all have. And you have to obey context first of all. Like you can't ignore context. Like you're in your world. You do your whatever your job is. And there's no use pretending that you're, you know, a skater guy when you go into your office job or something like that. But um, you could, you could, and, and I guess many do. But uh, a just kind of like you know reconcile yourself to the context, and you know just dress nice enough and thoughtfully enough within that. Yeah, and there is a difference between a a, a nine. Uh, whatever that nine line apparel t-shirt and a cool t-shirt with a funny, you know, interesting graphic on it. I don't know what nine line. Apparel it's sort of a is. fascist. Oh, oh, you know, okay. apparel it's like br- a, brand. like a 
back the whatever blues, you call it like black flag, black flag rifle t-shirt yeah black right. rifle exactly yeah, yeah. there is a difference between yeah or just like an under armor t-shirt and sort of yeah whatever. for sure and those guys are who are wearing those shirts and buying those shirts that's the most hyper self-conscious choice that you can almost make that's true which is like i'm going to i'm not going to make i'm not going to use my clothes as an opportunity to okay i think i'm expressing myself but what i'm actually expressing is my ideology i think what self-expression is is like the most just 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 reductive and obvious announcement of my narrow ideological position right it's the most it's the most absorbed in your own the the fiction of your identity which is something you shopped for something you just bought cheaply right. from the market in your case it's uh i'm a fascist yeah. you know i'm i'm an asshole i'm whatever um i don't give a fuck uh yeah but it is yeah you're right it is it's the exact same impulse of like well i need to put these stickers on my truck so that people right. know who i am and what what i stand for yep. mm-hmm. because that literally is my identity is is walking into a dealership and dropping 60 grand on a truck that's me that's my soul mm-hmm. that's all that's in there and you need to know yeah right <sighs> damn we should get those guys in, involved in fashion week <laughs> fascist fashion week you know what's the hardest uh to belabor this a little bit i find shirts to be the hardest thing to buy shirts are the hardest for sure and and probably the least well because you don't wear shirts as often for one so even when you get a shirt that you really like it's not as much as a of a win you know what i mean like when you get a great pair of pants yeah it's like this is changing my whole life Right. I could wear these every day for the next six months. And I will. And I will. <laughs> and then I'll destroy them in the process. <laughs> yep. Um, shirts are tough. T-shirts especially. T-shirts are the hardest thing, in my opinion. I've been thinking, and because th- that's the other thing about T-shirts, it's like, you want something neat on there, something interesting and cool, but then everything out there is all brand-oriented. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess I'm not really trying to rep... That's why I wear animal shirts because the the brand is is mother, na- ma- mother yeah. nature. So you see me see this who's this, this guy uh, uh, supreme guy a, a Gucci guy an Obey guy no exactly. this guy's a polar bear guy <laughs> he loves polar bears no that's a good call mm-hmm. for sure but yeah because otherwise it's like well yeah I'm not trying to back Thrasher that hard you know no or no. Vans or whatever it's right. like I don't really want the logo so I've been I was thinking like maybe I should just be designing my own one-off t-shirts and That'd be sick. get them printed at custom ink you can sprint screen print that could be your new thing i would love to screen print mm-hmm. you have a background in that right um sort of. you work for great lake sign company <laughs> yeah true. and that one company true that and that'd be at, legit used to screen print quit a after a month so um <laughs> three months thank you <laughs> hey i've i've quit after short amount of times i was thinking about that the other day and what a good decision that was yeah Mm -hmm. understandable um okay campers so that's fashion week hit us up on our fashion we have a specific instagram just for fashion our fashion magic camp fits drips yep yeah magic camp drip fits 
Um, but there's something else that relating to style, to style choices, that aesthetic, aesthetic, the presentation of, of self that I want to I want to bring to everybody's attention. And I actually have a little certificate drafted here. Let me just sign it real quick. Oh, my God. What's happening? Um, I would like to present you, Ben, with your uh, official uh, certification certificate into the Society of Bald Pimps. <gasps> oh, my God, Paul. You did not have to do that. You did not have to do that. You know, we have to um, we have to celebrate these things because up to a point we're probably grieving it and then that grief becomes a celebration once it's, <laughs> once once it's embraced although you're in a different here's the thing though you're you have been inducted into the society of bald pimps because you have made the choice to sh- crop your hair hair short super short with which is with the clipper with buzz with the buzzer as opposed to going and getting a scissor cut haircut and to me that is you've joined the family that's kinship however you still have a lot of hair. So you are not bald. True. But you buzzed, are you have a buzzed head that is Which lays reflect- bare exactly how much hair I have. There's no Exactly. There's no and that's that's what's right. that's what's why you get your certificate. Otherwise, if you had a full clean hair clean flat hairline in the front, full buzz, that's not you're not in the society of bald pimps if you're doing the like Channing Tatum buzz. Yeah, yeah. That's sure. a that's more of a that's a different thing. That's that's a an alpha thing. Yeah. Um, what I'm going for is much more beta. <laughs> no, it's still alpha. It's still alpha. It is alpha. This is alpha talk. Yep. You're listening to the alpha talk section of Magic Camp. <laughs> yeah. Um, what other alpha stuff are you up to lately? Well, let me tell back it up and tell the full story first. Okay. Yeah. So it's like I'm gonna buzz my head. And uh, called up Fantastic Sam's. They don't, actually don't have an online reservation system, and yet they. Is that where you get? You don't get your hair. But hold on, no, okay. I don't. But, yeah. but I didn't want to go to like my. First of all, I, I have a guy who's cutting my hair. Shout out Marcus, who's a lovely, lovely guy. And every time I go in there, I was like, you know, I almost buzz my head. I'm like, mm-hmm. he's like, no, no, no. I'm so glad you did it. Then he does a wonderful do- job cutting my hair. Right. And I love it, but then. As soon as it's like the next day, it's back to chaos. Yeah, sure. And it's like I can't get it back to anything. Well, here's the thing, though, is that even in your position, Marcus could be a really good consultant for what ne- what now. You know, like he could tell you, let's do a two. Let's do a 2.5. Let's do. Yes. Because there is actually, there are subtleties there. I could do that, That yes. could, you know, just be a haircut still. He'll charge you less. But the thing it. is, like you know, this is going to be a bit of a blow to, you know, the trust that we had because I went off and, but you just have to do what I did, which is, I I haven't, dude, barbers are like fucking witch doctors to me at this point. (laughs) (laughs) They, they, they might as well never had a good relationship with a barber. That's true. That's what I have to remind myself. Even before long, even as a kid, I hated that's because we went to, we went to, I, I never had a good haircut in my whole life. I only liked my hair when I just let it grow and never touched it. Yeah. And it was just crazy and messy. But yeah, doctors might as well live in the Amazon rainforest for me. Like the, barbers? Bar- barbers, not doctors. Those, doctors the, too. Dentists, dentists can and go, barbers. all go to the Amazon. They're all, they're just, they're, and kook, they're kooks yeah. and shamans. Yeah. And, and they have no business in my world. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll take care of that. I can I'll shave take care of my, my own head, and, and I can inspect my, my own prostate, and I can <laughs> yep. check mm-hmm. myself for skin cancer. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, but anyways, I because yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going going to the Fantastic Sam's to get this done on the spot. Called them up. They don't take online reservations, but they actually want reservations. So they're still on so a call-in basis. Oh, my God. They want you to call them on the phone and say what time you're coming. And I go in there, and I sat in the chair, and they put the bib on me, and I said, give me a one. Mm-hmm. And she said, are you sure? And I was like, no. She shouldn't have asked that. And, yeah. I, and I left. And all the <laughs> ladies were like, oh, okay, good. Well, they're barbers. They're biased. They want. They want. They want to do it. They, they want, want to they do want it. To work with the hair. And so they, they think they can make it work, which they can. But it's. They're it's all, not a matter of making it work. That's the, the thing. These it's, are also sort of like older ladies, right? They're. It's just more of a modern thing. It is a know? more modern thing. Um, and then a month later, <laughs> yeah, I bought clippers online and 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 then pull actually pulled the trigger and. And bust it. Was your wife standing next to you the whole time? She did it. Oh, okay. So yes. Yeah. It looks great. It looks Thanks. great. Um, you know who you're kind of, you look a lot like right now. And if you grew your beard out more and took it down you, the top slightly, no, we, it's still different. Um, grew the beard out more, took it down a little bit. Father John Misty is doing this look right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He looks good. I pictured him with long flowing hair. Yeah, he, he did a rebrand. Okay. Shaved his head and he has a beard. It's very in. It's very in at the moment. Yeah, it is. And it's timeless and it and it won't ever change. <clears throat> no, but you, you said to me at some point, you know, it's just more modern. And after you said that, I couldn't unsee it. It's like, yeah, you know it is. Mm-hmm. It is more modern and masculine looking. More confident too. Yep. For um, sure. I mean, there's different kinds of confidence, but it's at least for me, especially with rocking the full, uh, let's call it the absolute zero, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the apophatic uh, male pattern baldness, which is that I'm so bald that it's 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 total, it's to- it's a totality, and I'm an a, it's abundant. I've reached the point of abundance. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really kind of like that is the mindset, the spiritual mindset of it. Yeah. It's just like as as long as there was something and I was still holding on, that was the how little there was. There is, but yes. then when you fully go all the way off, all of it, then that's you're you're back at the the brim is full. You're yeah, up, you pass the through the singularity exactly. Yeah. And uh, this is only to me. I don't think anybody else gives a shit. That's that's also what's that's the other key. That's the other key. Nobody really actually. No, it is true there. It is uh, other than men who are losing their hair. Those are the only people who care about other people's heads. I know. Yeah. I I want to talk to everyone about it. Right. Because because when you're in that process, you are scaling, sizing other people up, seeing what's my. Exactly. It's toxic for sure. It's <laughs> it's incredibly toxic. And I can't tell you, you know, this could be a whole subsection of the pod. There are entire bald podcasts. They're hard to listen to. But I... I entire bald podcast. Like about balding. Oh, wow. Like there's one that was like, um, it was a good premise, but it was ruined by, um, you know, just corporate podcastness, you know? <laughs> yeah ads and whatnot not like us indie, indie not podcasters. Like us. i just mean it was one of those hollywood shows that was like yeah just all the celebrities kissing ass to each other but it was two comedians and they just interviewed wait on a podcast 
Yeah, two comedians on a podcast. Whoa, that's gotta yes. be hilarious. <laughs> it actually wasn't funny as a thing. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't funny enough to have their own show. Um, but they just interview bald celebs. You know, don't think it has legs. No, that's um, not gonna make it. Was it sponsored by Wall? Because I tell you, they, they had all make sorts a, of they do make a good Well, clipper. here's the thing: is they're totally fucking sold out. They had ads for like hymns, uh-huh. which is like the, it's Rogaine. It's literally Rogaine. Come on, bro. Yeah. They ha- they were doing ads for hair restoration That is products. fucked up. Is it? Yeah. It's a because ge- of exactly what you just said. It is all about the spirituality of. Right. Of so it was like, I'm, I'm out. This is not pure. This is unpure. Um <laughs> Did you seek out a bald podcast? No, I was rec- <laughs> it was recommended to me. It was recommended to me. Hey, um, hey. I know we just met, but I couldn't help but thinking <laughs> you would love this. No, podcast. it's my friend. I I have this. This is a common affliction, and it, it's not an affliction. Actually, it's a experience. I talk about this with my friends who are, who are losing their hair. I'm the bald. I'm the bald sage. Sure, because because it, it happened early and and heavy for me. Sure. And people are sick of listening to this already, so we need to stop talking about it. <laughs> All right. Um, but congratulations, welcome. You know, lots of fun ahead um, for you. Thanks. So that's Fashion Week. That's Fashion Choices. Um, what else we have going on, Ben? I tell you what. Just real briefly, I got some more art for that ass. Um, come over here. I want to show you this. Okay. This artist I've been following lately. I don't. If I like where this is going. No, this is real. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's going to be a smaller, just a small point, but. Well, sexual. Very. Oh, nipples. Elbow nipples. Is this just like stop motion paintings? Describe what you see. I'm seeing what appears to be like sort of still frame stop motion um, of like oil paintings, but there might be computer generated oil paintings and they're nudes, jungle scapes, kind of a Henry Rousseau-ish jungle background, but like um, very kind of like androgynous figures shape-shifting in the, in the foreground. Um, it's really cool, actually. It's, it's kind of tripping me out, actually, to be completely honest. Yeah. Here's a, here's actually a still from that same piece. Nice. Yeah, uh, what's the medium? So, um, this is from an, a contemporary by the name of Tom First. British chap, I think. Um, okay. And this is AI art, Paul. Oh, no. All of what you just saw was created by AI. And as he was saying... It's basically kind of an amalgamation of it. They almost look like they could be all from like Garden of Eden type mm-hmm. uh, paintings, something from like a common genre, probably hundreds of paintings of a, you know, a certain type fed into, right into a program. And then that's, that was the output. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been watching this guy a little bit and it's kind of striking in that, like, it's so much of the sort of thing that I like where there's maybe not not even that one so much, but he has these other landscapes. Hold on, come over here let me, real quick. Let me mm-hmm. show you some of these. 
landscape things like this, especially this sort of thing. Yeah. This one might not be moving, but they're, they're like extremely lush and Blake, uh, Blake comes to mind. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of Blakey and yeah. lush cool. and complex and kind of random. Like they're not put together in a, in like a super distinct composition but they have like these elements of of these uh what do you call it just like these elements of piece and pieces that you could recognize from sort of traditional landscapes or traditional compositions but put together in sort of like a dream like sort of random way do you do you kind of get what i'm saying by sure looking at those yeah which is a lot of times like check out this one um yeah so th- in the sense that it's like they're not picturesque in a classical way but they still have like these pieces sort of randomly chaotically put together mm-hmm. and in some ways that's kind of what i had been drawn to and at certain times in drawing and painting is like subtle you know going for some of the impulses of like a traditional landscape painting but introducing a lot more like complexity and randomness to it so that not so symmetrical not so overly composed exactly so you're just kind of randomly grabbing out these things and letting them happen and grow actually though let me let me throw something at you there's this thing have you heard of the rule of thirds (laughs) uh no what about this okay so you have um okay so that's one thing rule of thirds (laughs) it's it's too complex to get into actually but uh (laughs) Picture this. You have two tall buildings. You stand as a photographer or as a painter below the tall buildings. You look up. They're both going up, and they're symmetrical next to each other. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how amazing that would be to see? How how that would please the eye to see two things that are symmetrical next to each other? Let me just throw this in, and if if you don't like it, throw it right back at mm-hmm. me. Black and white. Okay. We do it in black talking. and white. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, slow down, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. When that's we get my. There. Anyway, that's my vision. No, I'm uh, mm-hmm. really impressed with that. Um, but anyways, it grabbed me a lot because I was like, "Wow, I love this." At first, and I was like, "Fuck, it's AI." Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that raises really interesting questions, sort of. Well, interesting, maybe not the right word. I think it does. It is thought-provoking to some extent. I haven't thought worked my thoughts out on that, and wouldn't have anything to say about it. But I, I don't. I think the thing about like AI art when that started happening, it it doesn't have the feeling of like doom attached to it to me. No, that at that like you know AI, you know whatever other thing ai like uh social media or or like you know trend tracking or whatever yeah shit shit we're dealing with because you know the the human being still tells the program what to do yeah you know and that like i think we know at this point that like even machine generated art and like creativity is fundamentally still not create a creative act yeah. It's like they, it does what you tell it to do. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just the tool. It's, it's the tool. And it's like, so if you can have a cool, interesting idea and just use it as the tool, right. then that, 
That's yeah. what I think is good about this artist is like mm-hmm. they have found a better tool than I, I could have and, you know, are more creative with it with a similar idea of like liking these impressions and these bits and pieces and themes that have historical meanings or like art history meanings, but then kind of fucking them up. Yeah. Like really quick and mashing them together. So I think that's cool. They He kind of like tries to sometimes press in on it like this is we like we need to be talking about ai art like this is we have to deal with like what this means for the future and what it means for art and get heady about it and it's like it's not that interesting it's actually not yeah it's not that interesting to talk about like Mm -hmm. that's fine like it's cool to do i've like he'll he he'll get used in production art sometimes like concert um you know backgrounds and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and it's cool um, but it's, it's still boring to talk about. Yeah. And so I didn't actually want to talk about it. I just wanted to show you that. And I still do like, I contrast it to show you another quick artist I've been following. Um, what is this guy's name? Uh, fluff. I don't Fawn. know his name. Yeah. He goes by fluff on, on Instagram, but he makes these, these amazing little creatures. Um, via drawing but also mainly makes these like little masks Hmm. um and giant felted pieces um like this this is all felted and you probably don't know what felting even is because you didn't go to art school um i know what a felt is ben okay um but to me, there's even a strong contrast between this and that, and that this has such a distinct vision and point of view um, versus sort of like throwing stuff into uh, a generator, a generator, some sort of like, even if you're not using AI, the way I sort of do it is like I'm drawing because I don't really know what to draw. I'm sort of doodling and maybe something cool will come out. This is honestly always going to be, more artistic and better in that it's has a super strong vision to it. Mm. Um, so. Okay. Just two things to throw at you. Point of view. Point of view. Point of view. So important. So underrated. So underrated. So hard to come by. It is. Perspective. Angle. Voice. Presence. These are all things that come to mind when I think of point of view. <laughs> What's in your point of s- in view? In summary, point of view is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of art, because this is, after all, an art podcast, lest we forget. Um, I've been returning to a show recently that... Seems obvious, right? But it's at, at this point, it's actually kind of vintage to even make this reference. Yeah. There's a program called Mad Men. Heard of it? Heard of it. Do you know what it's... Hell, what I've it? watched it. <laughs> so these Mad Men, right? They're angry. They're, they're ups- mad. They're, upset. they're mad. They're mad. They're, as, as in they're angry. They're crazy. And they work on Madison Avenue. So it's kind of a triple thing. And mad sounds like ad. Okay. So they're ad men. Didn't think of that. Thank you. So it's four things. Um, no, uh, kind of ruins your whole theory. Yeah, okay, back to back to the the 
copy room for that for, to, the, to the cutting room floor of the copy copy shop room um no i started watching it because a re-watching it because it's one of my favorite shows ever and now that i'm a copywriter i'm returning it to it with a, like a kind of different lens you know and like looking at it for a sort of you know what funny insights and you know weird because there's there's nothing about there's never there's no shows about copyrights <laughs> you know like how is it that there's this one show that was like the most incredibly culturally influential where like the the peak of the drama in the show was like giving a sales pitch you know like a, a pitch in a boardroom mm -hmm. and it's like people are wrapped watching i guess it's just you know people want to watch john ham just be, uh, imagine imagine you're a child that's pretty good you're you're a kid you're on the front lawn. What do you want? <laughs> to be held and free simultaneously. Glug, glug, glug. Smoke, smoke, smoke. Uh, yep. 30 minutes later, you know, he's back. He's with another broad. <laughs> and you're thinking, who's this guy, Don Draper? Oh, my gosh. Having another. Ladies love him. Guys want to be him. Gimlet. And and what he fundamentally is is, is, a, is a goofball writer, you know, who happens to be good looking. And, um, you know, it can turn a phrase. And the whole thesis of this show, which not in I the think bald pimps club, we, definitely we not in the bald add. pimps club, although you never know with these Hollywood types because they could be wearing a toupee for all we know. Well, they all or, are. They're all they're all plugged up. Yeah. Let's let's not get it twisted. They're they've got the up. whole they've got the whole protocol, the whole gambit. Of yeah. Everything that can be done to everything assault your head with hair. Mm -hmm. You know, I, w I wish we had come further as a culture that that. <laughs> We really haven't. We have not we progressed really in that respect. No. Th there is better bald representation, but it's only you. You have to be a, a neck breaking badass if you want to be bald on screen. Yeah. Um, not which, even. Yeah. Ch challenge accepted. Am I right? <laughs> um, no. So that's that's not really what I want to talk about. The copywriting stuff. Like it, it's more the. Um, I kind of forgot how in the early seasons of that show, before it becomes more complex and convoluted in good ways, the, the themes are fairly simple in the first season. You know, you have your obvious, their main ones, which is like American masculinity, American, um, you know, misogyny, and like the creation of, of narratives and of like cultural, cultural narratives that these advertisers and, and, consumer consumer companies create like in the mind of the american person um but there's also a like a, a kind of exp i wouldn't they're, they're not like central to the plot but they're pretty strong threads throughout of the sort of like relationship between like art and not commerce but like art and what's the word we've used for it before like almost like Commercial craft, mm -hmm. maybe would be how I would describe it. Art and design. Art and design, you know? Um, and it's kind of a recurring joke or a recurring, like, plot touch point is Don is always kind of rubbing shoulders with a bunch of beatniks, you know, because, of course, he's he's sleeping with a painter in the first season. She's this, like, bohemian mm. painter on the Lower East Side or whatever it is. And he'll go over to her apartment. It's all these, like, goofy beatniks hanging out, smoking pot, listening to Bob Dylan, and, like, 
criticizing Don for like they'll be, they'll tell him like you're selling the dream or you know <laughs> like you like you make the dream you create the dream uh-huh. and the thing I love about it now more I think the first time I watched that I found it a little bit more thought provoking now I think it's it's more on the nose than I thought it was that that stuff but it's also like it's very intentionally painting both sides Don and the artists these like folk singers painters you know, uh, leftist Marxists as complete idiots, Yeah, you know, like idiots on both sides, Yeah, basically like, and the artists often like, because you're seeing it through Don Draper's world, you know, cause he's the quote unquote protagonist and this focal point, they look absurd to him, but he understands, he, he understands what they're doing. Cause he's essentially like a, you know, he has an artistic soul. It's mm-hmm. like what they kind of keep returning to. And they flash back to him being, an, you know, this kid who raised in a whorehouse who stole somebody's identity in Vietnam or in Korea. Whoa, um, spoiler. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry. Um, Dick Whitman is actually his real name. Um, Dick Whitman. That's right. And Sweaty Dick. <coughs> as opposed to Sweaty Walt. <laughs> Walt Whitman, you know, the ghost of Walt Whitman looms large in, in many, many of our things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Don, <laughs> in many of our things, <laughs> many of our things. but, uh, but Don, Don is so resolutely decided that like, no art is stupid. It's beautiful, but it's stupid because the world is in the universe is indifferent. He literally says this. It's like, this is so heavy handed. This is so on the nose. I forgot about this. You Mm -hmm. know, like these beatniks are giving him trouble for being an ad, an ad, oh, big Madison Avenue ad man. And he's like, he's like, the universe is indifferent. And then, (laughs) and then this guy goes, why'd you have to go and say something like that, man? (laughs) And it's like, of course, like that, that is the decision that you have to make to some degree in order to like, call art stupid Mm -hmm. you know i'm not saying it's the wrong right or wrong choice but i think they get that right that's like to be in that sort of position to be in a position of like tremendous cultural influence with like media or um image sound and image and whatever it may be the things that people see and consume there's some hard choices that have to be made and like you have to decide like, no, this, this is, it's not worth doing one thing or another. Like mm-hmm. art is a waste of time. And I think that's something they get right is like in America, artists are losers. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Hate to say it. Just coming from an, an artist sort of yeah. a couple, couple of artists. It's like, but, but that doesn't, negate the fact that they're often the ones who are right they're just they're just losers they are losers they're stupid they're stupid but they're right right you know and that's the thing is dart it dart don is smart but he's wrong Mm -hmm. and that's why he continues to spiral and spiral and spiral as the show goes on he's you know that part where he's falling off the building in the theme song in the theme song the classic theme song yeah classic theme song he's falling right Uh uh-huh uh-huh but can damn, can he write some copy? But damn, can he write copy? Damn, can he sell a Snickers bar <laughs> yeah. or, or some ketchup? 
Um, and there's all these kind of cr cracks that are made at the like uh, the writers and the designers who are failed artists, you know, like Roger Sterling, like the ultimate. Um, he's like the most cynical of all to the point that he's become completely Bacchanalian, mm -hmm. you know, and like he's he's it's just it's a life is a party because because everything's fucked and it's it's all it's all meaningless. Therefore, life is a party. Mm hmm. And he's always making fun of the the people who take themselves too seriously and stuff, which is like that also makes sense for why you would do that. But he's like it's like one one of these copywriter guys. His name is Paul, actually, who later in the show, he's the guy who becomes a Hare Krishna. It's <laughs> 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 like this. Stuff, there's so many good things like in this show. Yeah. There's another copywriter in a later season who goes crazy because he he's like a super leftist. He's like a leftist Jewish guy. Uh -huh. And he cuts his ear. No, he didn't cut his ear off. He cuts his nipple off. Wow. And gives it to Be to Peggy as a gift. Um, so that's a recurring thing is like these people who want to be artists right. who end up in these positions and cannot reconcile the work that they're doing to like their ambition and their aspiration and, and go crazy as a result. Um, Roger Sterling says at one point, he says, I swear, this place has more failed artists than the Third Reich. <laughs> more failed artists and intellectuals than the Third Reich. Yeah. Which is another, you know, it's true, right? Like, yeah. how, how does, w w at what point does, like, the, um, the failure of art eventually have to transform into something else? Into the triumph of commerce or of domination you know like where, where's that line I think that's what it's bet that that's what it's asking us to consider ben absolutely mm -hmm. so yeah i've been watching mad men that's cool mm -hmm. good film and who are you in the show good question we'll say of course don um no uh let's see definitely not pete <laughs> Pizza yeah. goober. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say there's Peggy. Peggy's Peggy's great. Peggy's obviously. Oh yeah, like you're Peggy. The best. Um, I don't know if I. Pe Peggy's too. She's too pure. Um. I'm th oh oh, there is a guy who's who's kind of a prick in earlier seasons, but gets better. Uh, Ken Cosgrove. Who's that? Ken is like the tall account executive. There's a whole episode, and he eventually gets a, uh, he gets his eye knocked out doing a, or he, like, breaks his leg uh, doing a test drive with, like, the Ford guys because <laughs> um, they're drunk. He, he has a story published in The Atlantic when he's an account executive at, at the company, and everyone's, like, blown away. They're like... Yeah. Kenny Cosgrove. Is Trying it? to picture him looking at the cast. Mm -hmm. I can't find him. I'll show you. I, I don't think I am actually Ken Cosgrove. He's he's too self assured. Um, uh, there we go. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So now you're the culture maker. Now you're telling the sheep Hardly. What, to, what to desire. What well, to see, the for. thing is, though, that like that. And you're selling out in order to do it. I feel less bad about it than that because I don't think advertising has nearly that ever even had as much power as they probably make it out in that show. It definitely did, did and has and does. 
but now it's like the most influential quote unquote like marketing agencies and ad agencies make dumb ironic yeah ads that's that's what like they know that it doesn't work anymore like right. they, like advertising is just window dressing for for market analytics that are tracking your your time and position in the world you mm-hmm. know and like your consumer choice like writing copy i think they know like doesn't actually really matter you know what matters is are you getting this thing in front of this person at this right instance so that's where the big money in marketing is, is in like analytics in data. Whoa. Whereas like what I'm doing is kind of just more fun. It sounds like, like you're going to have to do a data analytics boot camp. No. You have to learn Python. Not happening. Not happening. I'll over my dead body. I will go to the grave. Before what I kind of a, uh, are you, d- <laughs> sorry, it's just not going to happen. Saying that to pr- prospective clients. You, you're going to have to fucking kill me if you think I'm going to be looking at your analytics. No, I said, I'm, I'm you're going to, I will never learn to code. I will die before I learn to code. Yeah. That's, that's, there are very few hills I'll die on anymore. That's, that's sm- one of them. Smart, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, are you have you yet developed like what your sort of persona is with with clients? Do you do you kind of act a little more kind of creative arty because they think want they, that? They from need you. that. I think. Right. I, well, it's it's yeah, it's creative, but it's also like word wordsmith wordsmith right. guy. That's right, that's right. like the word they use, which I actually cringe at. I don't like the term wordsmith, but um, yeah, it's like yeah, I'll, I'll quibble with the words. I'll be the guy who's like. There you go. What quibble. This? Where do you learn that what, stuff? What about, what about quibble? Have you guys thought about quibble? I, th- I think verve has a little bit more energy, you know, yeah. like that sort of thing. But you, you mostly just shut up. I.e. just the guy who logs on to thesaurus.com. I've got several thesaurus.com tabs open. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a practical tool. It's not art. Remember that, Ben. It's not art. And was that... So you say it just like Don, or what is that his name? Don. What, what about Don, Don Draper? Yeah, it's Don Draper. It's what about not him? art. You're not making art here, uh, Peggy. You're trying to sell. You're trying to sell tampons. You actually do have a good <laughs> Don voice. <laughs> I've been watching Don, uh, studying him. Uh, I should keep working on that impression. Every, every use it every episode. Yep. And something a dream. You could turn this into your little liquor cart, you know, next next to your desk. Yeah. Are you drinking earlier in the day to to suit your your position? No, it hasn't come to that. Um, no, working from home, I think, throws a wrench in that. In the in the in the. It's not nearly as fun and charming. No. To, to be <laughs> beyond Zoom at noon. Dude, yeah. I mean, it is insane. Like, and that's part of the. It's like the joke of the show. It's like it's a dark comedy. It's funny in obvious ways as well, but like it's like these guys are wasted. Yeah. At 2 p.m. every day. Yeah. They go it's like four martinis at lunch every day. Yeah. It's like that is insane. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and they were uh probably wasn't too too good for them. Probably didn't. Yeah, it probably didn't end well. Um but then you have like uh they also do a good job of depicting um like where the art ends up 
you know, like there's a there's an episode where Roger gets a Mark Rothko and puts it on his <laughs> in his office. Yeah. And they're like looking at it like like what is it? I can't remember the exact line. But it's like he's like it's it's abstract. It's <laughs> it's profound and like it, it they do that really good job of like straddling a line of like irony where it's like these guys are idiots. Right. And they're all cynical and stupid, but they're also having some sort of profound feeling you know in the moment where they're actually like sensitive and it's possible for moments of clarity and truth to to uh descend on even the most corrupted minds yeah that it does a good job of that and that show but meanwhile the artists are all living in hovels and um you know but the art ends up on the walls in madison avenue right it's kind of it kind of makes you think right it does mm-hmm. exit through the gift shop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's what I said. When I was in the gift shop. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's that's. Uh, I'm gonna keep watching. I'm gonna keep watching. You no, know, it's a funny, Mad Men. funny show that I've never let. I've never met another living soul who's seen it or heard of it. What? Even though it was on Netflix, a very secret service. It's a, oh. it's a French show. Never watched it. Yeah. And it's like, it's the French Central Intelligence Agency. Right. Uh-huh. And so they're all sort of like deeply evil in the same way where they're administering French colonies. Yeah. And like in inserting whatever or inciting. Coups. And, yeah, right. Right. Um, but they're all, you know, drinking throughout the day yep. and like just complete morons. Mm-hmm. Um, check that one out. Not a uh, not in the prestige canon, sure. But mm-hmm. funny if you don't mind reading subtitles. Yeah, I'm pro- I'm probably one of the like non central Mad Men characters. I would say like who there are a lot. Of, they have there's a great like you know every few episodes they cycle in new right. you know character who will be in for two or three episodes. I always liked the depiction of the uh, like the painter the the illustrator. Oh wait uh. Which one? There's a couple. There's, there's, there's. I guess there's one who, he's a freelance guy, isn't he? And I believe he is he the one who ends up with Peggy, maybe Stan. It's been a long time. He's since kind of I've heavy. He's got a beard. He's like kind of bulky. Maybe. maybe. He's a good character. In the first season, it's a guy named um, Sal, right. who's closeted. Right, right, right. Yeah, that yeah. he's an interesting character. <clears throat> but man, kill for that kind of de- job now and just. Art director, Dude, cool like, paintings and yeah. and illustrations. It would have been a lot more work back then, though. You have to do that, everything on that's for sure, you know, by hand. Yeah, on those big old boards, you know, big big sandwich boards. It's big, uh, yeah, drafting tables. Mm-hmm. Yep, I could have been Norman Rockwell if I were just born at a different time. I really could have been. Mm-hmm. I really could have been. <laughs> we need to do a whole episode on Norman Rockwell. Yeah, we could do that. Mm. Maybe not. Now that I say it out loud. Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, five minutes on. Do Rockwell, Kincaid. We talked about Kincaid already. Yeah. With we talked about Kincaid Christmas. I don't think we ever did a full Kincaid. That's true. We've only touched on Kincaid Christmas. We haven't even touched on his other seasons and (laughs) modalities. Yeah. Kincaid. Such a small piece. Kincaid Spring. Kincaid (laughs) Summer. Um, I mean, then back to. Granted, there's going to be smoke coming out of the chimneys. In, the, even in the, any even season, in the summer, yeah. but yeah. How did, how did that work? Kincaid did go to obviously don't teach you teach you biology at uh, at art school. Nope. Yeah. 
anyway, so uh, what about you? What what you been? Anything else you've been on your radar? Anything else on my radar? Well, I was saying to you that hey, I guess what? I'm gonna write off uh, a purchase and make it into some content. I'm thinking of going to the immersive Van Gogh exhibit. Oh yeah! Until I realize it's gonna run me about a buck forty. It'll set you back a pretty penny for two tickets. It costs you more for one ticket to the immersive Van Gogh show than Van Gogh made in his whole life being a painter. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking fifty five per ticket. Then there's like a booking fee, some made up, right, like literally internal fee. Yeah. Plus tax, blah blah blah, all that, all to see. Starry Night, which I have seen before quite well, a few times. you're not actually seeing Starry Night. No, you're not, yeah. but you're seeing it. You're in Starry Night. True. Yeah. But, you know, truly, I mean, these are all, they're, it's going to feature heavily on the five paintings that the world has seen more than any other painting. I'm sure they probably have more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, got a, I've got a nice book that has all of his paintings in it. Mm-hmm. And you've got a starry night every night. Don't ever forget that, Ben. Where? What? This this very sky above. Oh, Paul has glow in the dark stars <laughs> on his ceiling. That's so cool. Yep. Yeah, the problem is you have to shine a light on them for f- 10 minutes before you <laughs> turn the lights off for them to be visible. Chicks love that. <laughs> Other than that, um, yeah, I've just been standing the new Beyonce album. <laughs> really? I love it. Yeah. What's your favorite track? I've been super into like voguing and ballroom for a long time. <laughs> Probably never heard of it. Voguing and ballroom? Voguing, ballroom, um, doing the little duck walks, <laughs> and giving face. <laughs> giving face. I've been serving knowing. Serving Luke's. Serving Luke's. I've been knowing about this for a while. Uh-huh. Probably a lot longer than you. Probably. Um, probably a lot longer than Beyonce, to be honest. Um, Careful. <laughs> Careful, Paul. Yeah. Careful. Don't get us canceled now, Ben. Uh, no, I really haven't actually been listening to... Just mostly fashion-focused at the fashion Mostly f- figuring out what I'm going to wear. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I've got about five shirts, and as you might guess, that that doesn't really get you through a whole wash yeah. cycle. Yeah, it's... I, I mean, no, I, I understand, and it's... Fashion week for us means... What am I wearing to the coffee shop? Of course. That is so a, that's my that's like let's put it let's ground it here. Okay. What are you wearing to the coffee shop? Because to be week? honest, that is my catwalk. This this is the only time <laughs> time all week where I'm out in public view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Showing what you know, showing who I am through clothing. Right. Um which I would wear pretty much wearing what I'm wearing right now. But and it was also the first place I debuted my new haircut, you know. It, it, it is really, truly like the um, the public square, if you will. Um, it is. The, the barista is the um, the something of the our town something. crier. <laughs> no. How dare you? What um, is a town crier? Town crier is like the just like gossip, uh, oh, okay. you know, schizophrenic. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, the town barista. Emotive. Emotive. Um, the barista yeah, is the like town the, barista. It's the town. Um, yeah, it's the shopkeep. It's the they're the you know barkeep or the some somebody who a public facing 
professional, which we don't have very many of those anymore. Yep. Yeah. My main goal when I go there is here are my options because there's going to be about four other guys presenting to me an alternate version of myself. How so? Well, there's other alternate, not like you don't mean like close alternate. You mean like. Well, so degrees. There, there are yeah. degrees. Some guys there are me. I, I find that slightly hard to different believe. ways. I don't know why. I just mean work from home guys. Yeah, sure. Type of guys. Mm-hmm. So I could go the slob route mm-hmm. and look like complete shit. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, yeah, as like sandals and and sh- swishy shorts and bad T-shirt. Um, to me, is not acceptable. That's not okay if you're above the age of 30. If you're staying in the shop. Yeah. If you're coming in and taking to go, perfectly acceptable. Sure. Fine. I don't know about perfectly acceptable. No, I agree. I mean, it depends on what your standard is. Like, let's let's keep, let's put things in perspective. Take it back to the Mad Men era. You wouldn't leave the house. You wouldn't be caught dead without a hat on your head. Come on. You know? Yeah, without without your without your um fedora, your Stetson or whatever it was. Now it's quite reversed, where some of these guys never take the hat off. Now, right? Granted, that's oftentimes been me too, but it was me for a long time. Yeah, but but that's no, absolutely. Um, when you walk in the building, take the damn hat off. All take, right, take the dang. It's hat rude. Off. It's rude. Did your mother never teach you anything? This is a house of worship. Okay, let so. Let's put a pause on fashion um, and just say for a sec, uh, can we set some ground rules for what flies in a coffee shop and what what should not sure. be allowed? I, I'll tell you my first thing, and I, I think you might disagree with this because I know you're a, you have more meet, you have more meetings. Okay, go ahead. I think having Zoom meetings in a coffee shop that are long or that sure. are you're talking a lot, right? are should should not be happening i totally agree i avoid it mm-hmm. whenever possible um i and i'm never the guy loudly talking mm-hmm. in all, for a long time right i might get caught in one because i plan, planned poorly and, and it's not necessarily because i think it's rude i just think it it violates it, it pushes too far in the direction that this is just a shared co-working space you know like i think that that is that is the reality in especially in like urban areas and like where i live and stuff yeah a lot of people in coffee shops between nine to four are there to work that's the work from that's the wf culture wfh yeah um but should there also be some like agree agreement that we don't want it to f- like feel that way that much. Like we want it to still be a place that you want to go to, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want it to just be the office. That's why we don't have the offices anymore. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, if that means, you know, take your meeting at home, then go, then go out after. Mm-hmm. I know that people who work in tech are just in meetings all day long and that's uh that's the job. That's the job. And, and why they get paid what they get paid. Um, knock on wood hopefully um yeah agree or disagree no i totally agree with you yeah i think i think it's not as i i mean i'm a little more biased because that's what i'm 
doing in there. Um, I think there can still be a good energy, like if because like people will be regulars still that way, like sure. show up and hang out for a couple hours and do that. Like, you know, if for the most part it's they're just working on the computer, mm-hmm. and I think it does. Like, it doesn't necessarily detract from it just being still a good kind of bustling atmosphere. Right. Because it, but I also haven't seen it been like taken over with only yeah. people doing that. There are only I think, one or two shops that I can think of that just, it's just, you walk in, it's like there's nobody talking to anybody else. It's only people there by themselves. Yeah. You know, which, which is, again, that's what I was doing there too, but it didn't didn't feel bad per se it still is energy it still is like you're with you're around people maybe i just think like you know break 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 it up a little bit mix it up for sure talk to, actually talk to the barista you know like we don't want them to just feel like that's their their only job is to just serve coffee for people who are yeah making 10 but, times as much as them but i'll say this i think it's still preferable to the to go only customer what do you mean like someone who is ordering on their phone coming in grabbing the drink and going because that could be 80 percent of their that's definitely worse their orders call call me sentimental but i always had when i was when i was a barista back in the day (laughs) i i this was just so such a naive you know emotion and feeling but i would when people when there were like too many people just taking their coffee to go i would get kind of sad yeah i'd be like Stick around for a little while. Yeah. I'm like, where are you, where are you going? I mean, I usually yeah. if it was, you're there for the atmosphere. It's yeah. like you're there to have somewhere to go. This is our the closest we're ever going to get to a public space in exactly. America. Right. So enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. Take your time. And the other thing I'll say, I, I don't encounter too many people being obnoxious on calls, although that's certainly a possibility. Maybe because it attracts, at least where I, like places where I end up, attracts more of like a, don't attract like noisy businessmen. You no, know? Yeah, that's true. Like that's they're true. not like on car calls barking at people and like, right. It's not that type of guy, you yeah, know, yeah. it's more of like, it's like yeah, it's, coders and right. copywriters, it's, it's coders and, and, yeah. and account managers. And yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. But more often than not, more often than not, the people that are going to make it a, you always got to come with your headphones because someone may roll up and, and try and ruin your day with their conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to be able to tune them out. Do you have an example? Out. Well, Bible studies for one. Yeah. Or just some assholes uh-huh. talking. Um, no, but I... I, I talking mean, about their damn kids or something. <laughs> um, no, but if you're, in a, if you're in a suburban environment like me, uh, you're going to get... It's a, it's not, it's not actually as frequent as I make it out, but you know, one in 20 is going to be a pass. How how many, all right. How many, how many patrons in a full coffee shop? Let's say there's 20 people in there are pastors. (laughs) Depends on your area. Depends on your, in my area, in your area, those I'm thinking of two coffee shops. So it's like. Yeah, they're both kind of well. One of them in particular is kind of branded in that way, almost. Um, sure. Uh, anyway, if there's 20 people. 
three to four. <laughs> that, that's probably a little. Well, if you they're count, probably in one. If group, you count, if yeah. you count at that one place in particular, the baristas are all future pa- future pastors because they're all Denver Sem kids. At least, at least Where? for a while it was at, Where? Dirt, at Dirt. Oh, at Dirt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. And that's a peculiar thing. Yes, but that. Right. Yeah, those Denver Sem kids need jobs i guess mm-hmm. and uh you know they don't have any other skills so <laughs> except uh, for except for exegesis right <laughs> exegesis and espresso extraction yeah um but oh god i, I think i was texting you this the other day <laughs> there was a campus crusader staffer uh-huh. which is an organization I, I really didn't know was still kicking uh-huh. Um, and this guy was, you know, like your college team leader or whatever. And so he was not in college. He was out. No, out he college. was an adult. He's like the staffer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's clearly like training some college kids. Yeah. He was meeting with one in particular. Mm-hmm. And hey, I was just telling you that I was seeing this guy. Uh-huh. He had a, a crew, crew patch on his polo. Uh-huh. And you were like, how old is he? And you assumed he was like. 25 right mm-hmm. but he was quite a bit old I, he was like probably 36 yeah which was pretty rough yeah to behold mm-hmm. just because could he could easily have been me right and we were both sympathetic of you know uh that's a different type of professional loser <laughs> it's a tough path it's i mean tough career path maybe it's such a small organization now that he you can be being a decently like and, yeah charismatic yeah. and handsome guy like he'll be the president in 10 years yeah um but you don't want to be doing that like at that age fundraising and yeah and they get to praying okay straight into prayer mode ban ban prayer from public spaces yes yes you know who said that ben who said that ever heard of a guy named jesus of nazareth oh yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. How the tables have turned. Um, I thought Jesus said, don't pray in public. Ever heard of that? Exactly. So he's he's fully head down and praying out loud. Vocal, <laughs> vo- like projecting his voice. Yeah. Going on and on and on. The girl, the girl is just fully sitting there, eyes open, looking around. Gosh, she's probably yawning. absolutely mortified. Yep. Yeah. It was really, really funny to watch. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, I think that's happening in coffee shops all over the country at any given moment. Hey, you know, like, even though to us it looks like, what? Like, we, you know, shocking in a way. I think that speaks to the fact that it's like we're, we're, the, we're the out of touch ones. Yeah. You know, I don't know. And you know what? It's hard to blame them. Who doesn't like being in a coffee shop? We certainly, we fell in love with these places in sure. our college years. And our aspiration was to make a career of it, and we both did. A career of what? Of <laughs> being in coffee shops. Oh, sure, yeah. No, absolutely. I, it's, they've been my, my, my North Star. Um, but it, I feel like I graduated from that pretty quickly. So... You know, we'll we'll catch up on coffee shops again soon. Um, let us know how Fashion Week goes for you all, campers, and Ben, you too. 
I'm excited to see, you know, what kind of fits you debut this week. If you decide to do, you know, go outside your comfort zone a little bit, maybe. maybe well, I'm going to have to acquire uh, uh, any new piece of clothing in order to do that. I'm going full Western this week. Cowboy okay. hat, cowboy boots, snap shirt. Um, I did get some cowboy boots, by the way. Well, they were right. gifted to me by our, by our very father. Um, I think I'm going to go for something sheer. You know, something sheer or mesh, <laughs> where can, something where you can see my nipples. Trying to show a little nipple. Yeah, that's if you're not taking risks, then you're not. It's not fashion week. Exactly. So get outside the box, campers. Um, well, I think that's it for us. All you know, right. We'll be back soon. Signing off. With something to talk about. I'll, I'll catch up on Mad Men season two next week. Can't wait to hear what happens to Don Draper. <laughs> Don, and, Dra- uh, Don Draper in the game. And the white patriarchy in America. Yeah, I think it's going down. I got a good feeling. <laughs> um, all right. See you, campers. Take it easy. Nice right. to see you. See you. Later.